Hi, folks. It's Colonel Jeff Fox, producer of This Week with Larry Miller, checking in with your weekly Larry update. Thanks again for all the cards and poems you've sent in. Larry's been getting a big kick out of them, and it makes a huge difference to him, so he wanted me to say thank you. Uh, But that being said, the fact you're hearing my voice shows that we're still on hiatus while Larry convalesces. And I just want to thank everybody for your patience and kind words, all the comments that you guys have been leaving. But this week we have a really good bonus for you. Dr. Chris and I have been brainstorming trying to come up with some extra stories and anecdotes that we can give you guys. Um, But we're really having a hard time thinking of anything because any funny or stupid things that we do, any ideas that we have, it, it really all winds up on the show. Larry winds up talking about it one way or the other. So there's not really anything left over, with one exception. In the early days of the show, we were toying around with the idea of doing a Larry Miller drinking game. And we were talking about the rules and how it would work and all that. And one of the big cues to take a drink that we came up with was when Larry says, by the way, so nothing really ever came of this. We never figured out the rules of the game. And, you know, some of the ideas get more traction than you'd think, and some of them get less traction. And This idea kind of fell by the wayside and some fans were trying to come up with rules. But anyway, one of the big cues was when Larry says, by the way, because he says that all the time, that's kind of his segue into, you know, from one bit into another. And what I did was I created a sound cue and I wanted it to be a la Groucho Marx on You Bet Your Life. When a contestant would say the secret word, a duck would drop down and I believe they played a duck sound effect. So I wanted to create a cue. Um kind of based on that, and and I wanted to play it, you know, when Larry would say, by the way, when we were talking about this game. So here's the sound effect that I created. Pretty funny stuff, right? Now, if you're a regular listener to the show, you're wondering to yourself, that's a funny sound effect. I should remember that sound effect. How come I don't remember that sound effect? Well, here's why you've never heard that sound effect. I didn't want to play the sound effect for Larry beforehand because I thought, as a producer, that it would be very funny if he was surprised by the sound effect. He knew, he knew that I had created a sound effect, but I, I wanted him to be surprised with what it was. So I hadn't played it for him beforehand. This turned out to be what is known in show business as a terrible idea. I surprised him, all right. Uh, I more than surprised him. And when I played that sound effect... It knocked Larry completely off track and brought the show to a complete standstill. It was it was really bad. And as a producer, this is exactly what you don't want to do. And I was very embarrassed and it really it brought the show to a standstill, so I cut it out. And I thought that I had actually deleted the original master file because I never wanted anybody to uncover this. Um but I, it, it took me a few weeks, and I finally figured out which episode it was. I mean, it was almost two years ago at this point. I found out which episode it was. I went in, and I actually found the original raw files uh, in my archives, and I pulled it out. And now, Dr. Chris, do you remember this moment? Yeah, I do. I, um, I knew there was going to be a sound effect, and I, and I still back this. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I told you that it would be a bad idea if you played it. Yeah, because I was a little on the fence, and I remember I turned to you and said, I think I'm, I'm just going to drop this on him. Do you think I should do it? I, I don't remember you being that against it. I'm pretty it? sure I suggested otherwise, but I did it in a polite way. So yeah. You, it didn't have any 
you weren't 100% behind it. We can definitely say that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, That's for right. sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't heed uh, Dr. Chris's advice. And, uh, well, folks, my embarrassment is your gain. So we're going to play for you now what is the only known This Week with Larry Miller outtake. I just wanted to let you know, and as Jeff had said, let's let everyone know, we're working on these cards. We're going to design them, and we, we, we're having a lot of fun with it, and the different print size, and we're going to have an oath on the back where you get to sign uh, your name, by the way, and... <laughs> what in the world was that? Oh, that is... Oh, I said, by the way, and that's the sound you're going to make for a drink alert? Oh, okay. Because just, just for the record, Jeff, it actually took seven years off my life. Just hearing that sound explode in the room here. So just, just for the record, just hearing that, it's after the fact now. It's a funny sound because it has the, my favorite, the, the timpani of the bass drum. that boom, And then <laughs> the rooster sound. Well, do it again. Do it one more time. <laughs> See, now it feels like a funny sound. Just before, it gave me a heart attack. Okay? So, now I actually, because you, because of that sound, the first one, now I actually need a drink. <laughs> that was very funny. So it's very amusing now, but I was mortified beyond belief at the time. <laughs> uh, and I'm glad it didn't go out on the air. And uh, if it had, then I wouldn't have this little gem to play for you now. Okay, so what we have for our Encore presentation this week is the actual episode that that outtake was taken from. It was called The Five Levels of Drinking Redux. So this episode will be The Five Levels of Drinking Redux Redux. This was the 12th episode we ever did, so this was very early on in the show's run. And this is sort of a historically significant episode of This Week with Larry Miller because you can hear us discussing the design and concept of the Larry Miller Drinking Society cards and... Here's a little bit of inside line, inside line is that Larry and I talked really for 30 minutes about which fake Latin expression we should use and which one was best. And that's just kind of the way that we work. And this episode also has Larry doing his five levels of drinking bit, which is probably his most famous uh, comedy bit. And this was the first time that he had ever performed it where it wasn't in front of a live audience. So it was kind of an interesting experiment for him. It came out really well, I think, but if you've seen him perform it live or you've seen him do a clip of it on YouTube, you'll see that it has a very different pace. It's just, it's just very different. So uh, enjoy the episode and see if you can spot the point in the show where I cut my blunder out. So I hope you enjoyed the episode, and thanks again for all the cards and letters. And if you join me once again, let's toast to Larry's continued recovery. Larry, we miss you, pal. And everyone, nominum quid geminis to you all. Broadcasting Network. Still makes me smile that song every time. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who hates parent teacher night. Hi, this is Larry Miller, and this is This Week with Larry Miller. 
And, yeah, I actually want to talk about parent-teacher night. But there's a special theme for this show. Well, there's ultimately a theme for all these shows. Isn't there? Well, maybe there isn't. <laughs> actually, the theme is just keep talking. But uh, tonight, Jeff had asked, Jeff Fox, the producer, had asked if we would do a show and to perform also at the end the five levels of drinking, which is a bit in my act that it's something of a signature piece and people had written in, what is this? And it's something that on Adam's show I've done for a long time now on the hypothetical questions that I love doing, by the way, where they say, supposing you had to, and they have that, that line from the bit, we're driving to Florida! And then we do a hypothetical, who would you less rather drive to Florida with from Santa Monica? At any rate, though, so Jeff had said, you know what, people are writing in and say, what is this? Well, what's the five levels of drinking? So he said, why don't we do uh, a show where you'll also just perform that? And by the way, and I'd love to, uh, and uh, so that more or less bring everyone up to speed, uh, so to speak, on, the, on on what that thing is. And uh, and by the way, then there's, there's a DVD. That's something else. That's on the website. That's going to be for sale. But this is for free. I'm happy to just do it. And uh, there's one, as, as Jeff said, there's a, a brief housekeeping thing that we're getting some emails from people who are saying now that... Uh, well, I'm not from one of the fancy foreign countries. I'm just from here. I'm from, well, Amarillo, Texas, or my favorite, my favorite name, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. I keep throwing that in. I just love that name. Or, or uh, I've been to a lot of places, and uh, and I really love Shreveport, Louisiana. But people are write, writing in saying, "Well, I'm not from a fancy foreign country, but I like to listen too." And Jeff said, "I think they feel they're getting short shrift because they're not mentioned." And I said, "Well." And we started, you know, and it's the truth, by the way. If you think about it, we all react more to a place that's very, very far away. The fact that we found out that Jeff, well, we we didn't find out. Jeff found out. The fact that, uh, how how would I find out these things? That we have a couple of people in Guam or a couple of people in Morocco, a couple of people in Israel, and a couple of people here. And uh, no one in Syria yet, I guess. Do we have anyone in Syria? I don't know. But the... uh, the point is that when when it's places like that, or Burundi, or something like that, then or Malawi, I don't think we have that yet, but these names have always made me laugh. It's like King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. But anyway, it's more remarkable. And then I remembered that I used to think that the farther you get from the place you're from, the more remarkable it is. I'm from Valley Stream, which is on Long Island. Now, here's an example of this. So if you're in Valley Stream, and you're from Valley Stream... And you meet someone there who says, well, I'm from Valley Stream. Well, so what? You know, well, you're in Valley Stream. You're from Valley Stream. He's from Valley Stream. Who cares? But if you're from Valley Stream and you're in, say, New Jersey or Pennsylvania and you meet someone who says, well, I'm from Valley Stream, suddenly you'll say, oh, yeah, how do you like that? Well, how do you like that? That's interesting. I'm from Valley Stream. How do you like that? So the farther away you get, the more remarkable it is. Now, if you're in Winnipeg or in Vancouver in Canada and someone says, well, I'm from Valley Stream, then you'd go, it's even more remarkable. Valley Stream? I'm from Valley Stream. Holy mackerel, we're from Valley Stream. And the farther away you get, if you're in London or Germany or Japan, someone says, well, I'm from Valley Stream too. Valley Stream, get out! I'm from Valley Stream. This is unbelievable. This is incomprehensible. No one has ever defied these odds. We should buy a lottery ticket now. Valley Stream. Honey, this guy's from Valley Stream. This is unbelievable. I'm from Valley Stream. And on some day, if we have interplanetary travel and you're, you're, you're on Jupiter and someone says, I'm from Valley Stream, well, you lose your mind. Then you just, ah, 
Valley Stream. Well, our kids just have to get married. And uh, or you meet someone. How, I guess there are no Klingons from Valley Stream. But the point is it keeps getting crazier and crazier. And that's when I just said that, you know, if there's a heaven and you go to heaven and someone says, well, I'm from Valley Stream tomb, at that point, hopefully you'll be enlightened enough. We'll just be glowing balls of light. And, you know, and then you'll just say, you know what, do me a favor. I'm just sitting on this cloud. Leave me alone about Valley Stream. But so that's, that's one, as Jeff says, a cleanup thing to say, you know what? We're thrilled, as you know. I know you know that... Uh, People are, uh, you know, uh, are listening to the show. We're doing well. I love doing it. The guys here, Jeff and Chris, love doing it. And uh, by the way, uh, there's there's one more cleanup thing before we get. And by the way, this goes on and on and on and on. We have so much Larry Miller Drinking Society stuff to talk about. One of which is that someone decided, by the way, that every time, supposing we had a, the idea was, that, say they said, supposing we have a drinking game where every time Larry says, by the way. Everyone has a shot. And Jeff told that to me because someone wrote it in, and I said, wow, you know what, that's, that's crazy drinking. That's like too much drinking. That, you can't survive that drinking. That's when they, when they cut the body open at that point in the morgue, the liquor would actually pour out. You know, it wouldn't be, you could still drink what poured out of that body. That would be too much. And, uh, but here's something, by the way. Now I'm going to be self-conscious of that. You know, I'm going to change, by the way, to oddly enough. All right, how about that? I'll go to oddly enough. Oddly enough, last episode, I was talking about the headphones for a second because Jeff had suggested, if I didn't want to wear the headphones here in Adam's studio, that I could just hold one cup against one ear like the old radio announcers. And I said, you know what? That's a great idea. But when I did that and I took the headphones off and I wasn't wearing them, suddenly it didn't feel like a show. Suddenly... I felt like a lunatic just talking to an empty room. And that's that's not performing then. So as Jeff pointed out, that that's a good sign in life. That's how you know. Headphones off, you're a lunatic. Headphones on, oh, it's a performer. The guy's doing a show. And then we started talking about people talking to, to, cell, to cell phones because I've always felt, and this is obviously the newer thing within the last five or ten years, that people walking along the streets, everyone is talking to himself now. Because it's not just people in cars where there have been car phones for years where you pull up to someone and he's just talking in the middle to someone. And, and, and to me, though, this is ru- cell phones and car phones have ruined it, have ruined life for lunatics and actors. Because before cell phones, before car phones, lunatics and actors were the only people who would talk to themselves. If you're walking down a street... And an actor was there preparing for an audition. I've done this a million times. Any actor does. You're talking to yourself because you're going over the part. So if you see a guy in the street who is holding what they call sides, which is the part of the script you're studying, and he's talking to himself, you could say, oh, well, this guy's an actor. If you saw someone walking along and talking to himself without the sides in his hand, you'd say, aha, clearly a lunatic. But now you don't know because it could be, it could be just someone on a cell phone call and they're just suddenly, then you, you walk past them and you see the little thing hanging in the ear. And uh, then Chris, who told a story about a person, it's so funny where he works, who was talking to herself, an older woman. And he thought, now there's something you don't see every day. This woman's obviously a lunatic, but she, you, don't see, you don't normally see older women lunatics. And then she thought, oh, wait a minute. Then he thought rather, you know, uh, well, maybe it's someone on a cell phone call. But then there was nothing in the ear. And then as he passed her, he realized... She had a parrot on her shoulder. She was talking to the parrot, which may be 
dumber than all this other stuff. Because the parrot, remember, doesn't quite understand. I know that the parrot parrots you, or the parrot can say things, wow, pieces of eight, or something like that. But to me, it's still, I don't think that the parrot, I know there are some people, by the way, in animal groups who will say that, no, the parrot is fan, the parrot is brilliant. The parrot knows exactly what he's saying. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't, I, don't, I don't think the parrot does. It's like when people say, look, I love dogs. We all love dogs. Everyone loves dogs. I, I, dogs are fantastic. But whenever people say, you know, that, uh, oh, did you hear that? Well, you know, my, she, she said, I love you. The dog said, see, did you hear that? The dog knows. The dog said, I love you. It's fantastic. And I always say, I, I, to me, I'm always nice about it. I always say, yes, I absolutely heard it. We all heard it. The dog is brilliant. You have an extraordinary dog, and the dog clearly loves you very much. And the dog clearly said, I love you. But then I always say, so does your dog speak just English? Oh, what a shame, because we got a dog at the pound who speaks both Mandarin and Cantonese. And this is really, it comes in so handy when we order Chinese food. Imagine the look on that delivery man's face when our dog not only says thank you, but then says, by the way, you forgot the hot mustard for the second time. And if it was up to me, you wouldn't get tipped. Can you only imagine? So at any rate, though, I'm not sure the parrot knows, but that's something. So just onto Larry Miller Drinking Society News now. I had mentioned this before, and we've been talking about this. Uh, people have been writing, and it's, it's, it's very cool, it's funny, that they said, we want to start a Larry Miller Drinking Society. And, uh, and then Jeff and Chris and I have been talking about this, of we, we're going to make cards up. So we're still designing them now. A, a couple of episodes ago, we had asked people, because I wanted to put on a, either a, a crest or a motto underneath, that the motto says, Larry Miller Drinking Society, and then underneath, maybe in quotes, it says, you call that a double, but in Latin. And then people were nice enough, a lot of people, by the way, were, uh, we have a, a smart audience, or at least 30 of you are. The rest may be like me and Jeff and Chris. I mean, I know I can act Latin, but I can't. But I can't speak it. So we said, you know, over the air, hey, would someone? Uh, what's the Latin for that? And a lot of people sent things, and and even people, by the way, who said they've studied Latin for years. Each of those folks who really were brilliant about it still had six or seven different ways to say it in Latin because. You know, the phrase, the English, uh, the way I, th I think I thought it was funny to say, you call that a double, as a motto, uh, with a question mark, is, well, colloquial, it's an, it's an idiom, it's, it's a metaphor, what, what would you call it? You know, with a, what, uh, I don't know how, how people <laughs> refer to their drinks in ancient Rome. But, so, I just wanted to let you know, and as Jeff had said, let's let everyone know, we're working on these cards, we're going to design them, and... We, we, we're, good, we're having a lot of fun with it and the, the different print size. And we're going to have an oath on the back where you get to sign uh, your name, by the way. By the way, or oddly enough, uh, they have a thing here. I wanted to tell you this, speaking of drinking, that one of Adam's sponsors is Weed Bourbon, W-E-E-D. And I'm proud to say this, by the way, we don't get anything uh, from it. But uh, maybe Sunday they'll, they'll sponsor this show or as we move into – as you, you know how podcasts work, by the way. There's still – there's going to be a revenue stream someday. It's like when TV was brand new. It's just a whole new world starting. But this is Jeremiah Weed 
that has been uh, sponsoring a part of Adam's show. And in fact, it was the my segment there, the hypothetical uh, segment based on the five levels of drinking, which kind of fits. And so here's the thing. They, they've been sending cases of, they have bourbon, they have different kinds, they have southern style bourbon, which is... Uh, which is very good, and the reason I say that is because we've been drinking it. And they, every time I leave here for the last couple of weeks, because just to let you know, by the way, my dad used to sell beer in bars in New York in the days when they still had like 300 breweries in New York, and they used to have a thing, he told me, where at the end of every day, you could carry out whatever you could carry out. They'd give you, in beer, whatever every, work, every guy working there could carry with him which I thought was pretty good. I don't mean you could stack up four cases the way you and I would think of a case now, but you could take a bunch of cans of beer and walk out with it every single day. And I always thought, well, that's pretty neat. That's something that wouldn't do anymore. But this is in terms of, well, Jeremiah Weed sends some of this stuff over, and it's really good. And I think part of why it's really good, and I'm proud to say that. They're not sponsoring us, but I'm proud to say it's really good. Part of the reason is it's free. And let's be honest... That's a very powerful word. Free is a heck of a thing. So, for instance, they have, uh, they had a, a bottle. I've had the last two weeks, Jeff gave me, they had a bottle of the regular bourbon. First, I had a bottle of the th- a week before that of the Southern Style, which was very good. No, I had two bottles of that, didn't I? It was very good. And uh, not in the same day. I'm just saying that I would come by here, do a show, and then they'd, you know, we'd say, hey, we just got this stuff, and great. So I'd take a bottle home. But here's the thing for the regular, the Southern style was very good. It has a sweetness. It was kind of, it felt like a little Southern comfort in there, but it was 100%. And it was, a, it's 100 proof bourbon. This stuff is very strong. And not to you and me, obviously. But here's the thing. So uh, they they also have a regular bourbon. And Jeff said, well, why don't you take a bottle of that too? And I've taken two bottles. But as he said, <laughs> they've already been opened. I hope you don't mind. Now, that's a tiny bit creepy. It's not as bad as saying, hey, you want to use my toothbrush? But when you, when you, and I've had, by the way, I, I, you know, I've actually, you can drink with anyone, as you know. I've actually taken a bottle from someone offering it to me on a park bench and at a bus stop in Brooklyn one night. This is a long time ago, by the way. This is crazy days. This was last week. This is a long, long time ago. But no, I mean, I mean, so it's not, I'm not squeamish about germs or anything, but there's something, when the bottle's open, I only had a drink or a, or a sip out of it, so I said, sure, I'll take it home, and it was terrific. But here's the thing, you can only imagine the look on your kids' faces, and my wife, when I walk in, coming back, well, I'm home, Daddy's home, oh, Daddy, were you, were you over at Adam's recording some shows? Yes, but you walk in, carrying an open bottle of bourbon. So it doesn't exactly look like Daddy has been working that hard. Daddy, why are you carrying an open bottle of liquor? But here's the, now here's the thing, by the way. Before I get too far, because I want to tell you something about swag, the whole concept of swag there. But before I get too far afield, I wanted to let you know when we, we are designing these cards, as I mentioned about we're going to pick the right Latin motto, one that also really sounds like Latin. We have some a funny oath we're going to put on the back. By the way, I can tell you, because you, you, anyway, well, I'll be mentioning it again. The oath, as of now, as of now, we're thinking the oath should be I, you know, and I'll have a place to write your name in on I, as an official member of the Larry Miller Drinking Society, hereby solemnly swear that I will never be the first one to stand up at the table and say, well, it's getting late. And then underneath that, it'll say, 
founder and president or something like that, Larry Miller. And then I'll, I'll sign it because Jeff said, maybe you can do something in case someone wants an autograph. And I said, why don't I just sign it then? Like it's an official card. So when we get this going, it's going to take a while. A bunch of folks would want this. And we're going we're gonna to give you, by the way, we're going to print them out. We'll, we'll give the cards out. We'll do this stuff. We'll design it. We'll get them out. And by the way, and this is Jeff's idea, we're going to... We'll send them, we'll, put, we'll buy the envelopes, we'll pay the postage, and all you have to do is send us your name and address signed on the label of a bottle of Maker's Mark. That's all you have to do, and send it here to the... That was Jeff's idea. But no, what we're actually really going to do is, when we get this going, if you want one of these things, then you would please send your uh, self-addressed stamped envelope towards him. We'll give the address. The, the things aren't even ready yet. But then, because people had said, I want a card saying Larry Miller Drinking Society. So it's sort of like a coin call if you're in the military. So if you slap one of these cards down and your friend doesn't have it, say, then he has to buy you around. Or then Jeff had the idea of supposing people take pictures eventually with like holding up a card in front of the pyramids. You know, places that don't officially drink, by the way. And uh but at any rate, so I, I just wanted to, we wanted to let you know that we're in on this. It's been fun to kind of think of funny things to put on them and that we're going to get it done eventually. And I, I, I don't know when that is, but it'll be within a couple or three weeks and we're picking the way. You know, you have to design that, you know, should, should it be on the crest? Should it be a guy with a lampshade on his head? I thought today if we have a crest on it, like an old time, like an old English crest where a lion, one section has a lion up with two paws. You know how that goes. What do they call that when the lion is up like that? Oh, there's a word for that. I'm sure someone will write it in. Oh, and I know the word. I can't think of it right now. Where the lion is up with the two paws, and then in the other corner of the crest, it's the same lion, but with a lampshade on his head. And uh, then there are other things, uh, you know, but there'll be the motto, there'll be that that thing in Latin of you call that a double. So we're ha we're having fun with it. And at, when the time is right, though, we'll ask you to send a stamp self-addressed envelope. And, you know, we're thinking the response may be good, big enough that it may take us a while to fulfill that because it may... It's funny, we were saying, you know, there could be thousands of people. Why? There could be tens of thousands of people. There could be a 100,000 people who want one of these things. And then I said, yeah, or maybe eight. You know, it could be like just eight. Well, folks, the cards are ready. Just send the envelopes. Yeah, it's, it turns out six people and from just down the block here. Just down the block in Glendale who just want what we could hand, hand carry it over. So here's the thing. Here's a story about swag I wanted to tell you because... There is, in show business, let's be honest, it's known for swag. Big stars who go to the Oscars, you know, have the, sometimes they used to be gift bags uh, before they blew the whistle on it. The Sopranos did an episode like this, by the way, about the, the swag, where people from jewelry stores send, like, watches, and they just want, I, I still don't know exactly why they want to give these things away, but... I, you know, at, at, at my level of, of where, wherever I am in showbiz, there's still been some bags that we, we really have some pretty good stuff. And by the way, which is, I, I like my level better because it usually is things like liquor. I mean, it is, just, you know, a bottle of vodka, you know, when they're starting a new vodka company. All right, fine, I'll take that, you know, or some, uh, some earphones and a comb. You know, there's always something you can give to someone. And here's the thing. Arsenio Hall is a friend I've known for years. We were, we were comics together at the Comedy Store, and when he had his show on, 
I was on the show a bunch of times and, uh, well, five or ten times or whatever it was, and I always loved doing the show, and I like him, and they always had as gifts in the dressing room, they had the greatest bathrobes in history. These things were just right. They weren't, like, too thick. They weren't too thick, like, from a fancy hotel, but they weren't too thin, and, they, you know, sometimes the cotton isn't right. These things were the greatest robes in history, and they have... Uh, sometimes they'd get, they had a white one and a black one, and sometimes the white one had a square patch on the back that was embroidered. It was a thick patch, and it was uh, it was like numbers on a baseball uniform, and it had uh, it was really it was purple and red, and had like uh, a silhouette of him pointing up, like wearing a suit. And the black one had on the breast pocket the slogan "It's a night thing," and I have this is no kidding. And by the way, I keep forgetting to say this on this show. Every single thing I mention, for good or ill, is exactly true. I make nothing up. That's one of the things to me that's great about comedy anyway, and that's great about life. There's so much to talk about. There is zero made up. This is not even embellished, really. It's just, it's told in exact factual truth, but with a little comic spin to it. But every single thing here is true, and including this. I have worn one of those bathrobes every single day, every single day since. And this is, by the way, this is 15 years, that would be, since the show went off the air, something like that. But I mean every single day. And I've had other robes. I was in a play. This is pretty neat. I was in a play on Broadway, a Neil Simon play with John Lovitz, and it was just wonderful. And then Carrie, we got bathrobes from that. But with the name of the play, it was the dinner party and the name of your character on it. This is pretty cool. And I still have that one, but I don't wear it because it's not a good robe. It's just not a good robe. And this is from a Broadway play. But the Arsenio show, these were great robes. Every single day, and they're starting to tatter now. And here's my, here's my swag story that uh, Tom Shadyak had a company called Shady Acres. Now, he directed, by the way, uh, Ace Ventura and uh, The Nutty Professors, and he the first one, and then he produced the second one. And uh, so, I've look, the guy's given me a lot of great parts, and he had a great company. This was at Universal, and I wrote a couple of things for him, and he was so gracious over the years. I had an office there. I wrote my book there. I wrote a lot of articles there. It was, he more or less let me keep an office there and hang my shingle, and I got to know some great people, and once... In the first within in the first couple of years of the Iraq War, there was a sergeant got into a thing where we'd we'd write to people to soldiers. You know, you can send them obviously uh, at Christmas time or at anything. You can at Thanksgiving you can send them a little message. You can send them in coffee stores. Hey, send a pound of coffee to someone. You know, and they'll send it for you. And you write a little message. And there was a sergeant. Golly, I should I, wish, I don't even remember the name. This is. I guess this is 2004, something like that. And he was in Iraq there, and we sent him, we made a box of stuff from Shady Acres. This is all stuff from Universal. So it's movie stuff. And that's pretty cool. It's, you know, it's jackets, it's T-shirts, it's hats with the name of the movie on it. They pass it out. You know, it's, you know how radio stations do this too, or sweatbands with the name of the movie. And it's all movie stuff. It's stuff that sometimes you can't really use. But there was one there... It was fantastic that it was like a winter coat. It was really, and it was a down parka. And I was there, 
And it's fun. It's so funny. They're oh, they're good people there, and they just opened the room to me and said, "Yeah, take whatever you want. You'll throw it. We'll throw it in a huge box. You'll send it to the guy." And we made a huge box. So I said, "How about these jackets? It's a winter coat, which is stupid. It's you know, it's it's going to Iraq, because in I think winter there it's 140. But still, so I said, they said, sure, you know, throw that in. So we made a whole thing, wrote a letter, sent it to this guy. You know, obviously got a very nice letter back, and he said that he had." An interpreter in the town there, a local guy who was sort of his right-hand man, and that he said he was so proud because he said he gave him the winter coat and, uh, you know, that he said it was his proudest possession. And he says, really, he couldn't work without the guy because they work with him. I said, gee, that's awfully nice. I thought it was a very sweet story. And then back home that night, I was having a drink. And I was at the bar downstairs in our house just reading, and I suddenly, my head jerked up, and I said, oh, my God, because it suddenly hit me that here, those were very, I still don't even know what's going on in that country. I don't know what's what's occurred. is Is it better? Is it the same? Whatever's gone on. But I said, here's a guy. It just hit me. There's a local guy who... Anything in Hollywood, anything from Hollywood, can't exactly make you that popular. Number one, he's working for an American soldier. Number two, anything in Hollywood just screams America. Can you imagine this guy walking around? And I, and I actually got so scared because I thought one of these days I'm going to see an item on the news that says yes, a local roads a roadside bomb went off, and they found a local guy and 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 he was killed or he was blown apart completely and. The only the only evidence they have, all they know for sure, is that apparently he was on the cast and crew of Bruce Almighty. And because I thought that jacket is going to be the only thing that that is still there, because it was one of these very tough down down jackets. And that's why, by the way, I still, whenever I, it's very very cool that whenever you get something in show business, whether you do a talk show or if you've had a part in something. I like this. I mean, people, look, people complain about it or they say, well, it shouldn't be giving so much away. But you know what? At the level of a bottle of liquor or something like that, or when Jeremiah Weed sends another case over here, well, you can be sure I'm going to take another bottle. I don't care who's had a drink out of it. I like the stuff anyway. But wouldn't you? What's better than something for free? And if it's free liquor, so much the better. So here, by the way, is the five levels of drinking. Jeff had asked about this. Folks had written in. I'm proud to just go through it now. And as you know, if you know anything about comedy albums from the 70s, the 60s, and the 50s, it was all just like radio anyway. People would just do it, even though you couldn't see the face. It was still hysterical stuff. Bill Cosby and George Carlin and so many people had great, great comedy albums. So this is maybe just a small nod to that. And this is the five levels of drinking that I still do sometimes when I go on the road because it's something of a signature piece to me. And it starts like like this. There are five levels of drinking, six if you live in a trailer park, but never mind that now. We will deal with five. See if these look familiar. Level one, let's say it's 11 o'clock on a Tuesday night. You've had a few beers. You get up to leave because you have work the next day when one of your friends buys another round, one of your unemployed friends. And here, though, at level one, you think to yourself, oh, come on. Check your watch and think, well, come on. These are my friends. What's wrong? Besides, as long as I get seven hours sleep, I'm cool. Level two, 
Midnight, had a few more beers. You've just spent 20 minutes arguing against artificial turf. You get up to leave again, but here at level two, suddenly a little devil appears on your shoulder. And now you're thinking, hey, wait a minute, hey, I'm out with my friends. That's important to me. What am I working for anyway? Work. Why, they're just trying to strangle me there. Besides, as long as I get five hours sleep, I'm cool. Level three, one in the morning. You've abandoned beer for tequila. You've just spent 20 minutes arguing for artificial turf. And now you're thinking, our waitress is the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. But here at level three, you love the world. On the way to the bathroom, you buy a drink for the stranger at the end of the bar just because you like his face. Hey, buddy! Woo! You get back to the table with drinking fantasies. Fellas, hey, fellas, if we all bought our own bar, we could live together forever. Oh, man, we could do it. Tommy, you could cook. Oh. Yeah, but at level three, that devil is a little bit bigger, and he's buying. And now... <laughs> and now you're thinking, oh, come on now, as long as I get three hours sleep and a complete change of blood, I'm cool. Level four, two in the morning, and the devil is bartending. For last call... You ordered a bottle of rum and a Coke. You are artificial turf. This time on your way to the bathroom, you punch the stranger at the end of the bar just because you don't like his face. And now you're thinking, our busboy is the best-looking man I've ever seen. But you see, <laughs> you and your friends decide to leave right after you get thrown out, and one of you knows an after-hours bar. Yes, and here, at level four, you actually think to yourself, well, long as I'm going to get a few hours sleep anyway, I might as well stay up all night. Of course. Why, that'd be good for me. Absolutely. I don't mind going to that board meeting looking like Keith Richards. My boss loves me in sunglasses. Besides, long as I get 31 hours sleep tomorrow, I'm cool. Level five. Five in the morning. Whew. After unsuccessfully trying to get your money back at the tattoo parlor. Yeah, but I don't know anyone named Ruby. You and your friends wind up across the state line in a bar filled with guys who've been in prison as recently as that morning. It's the kind of place where even the devil is going, uh, I gotta turn in. No, I've got to, uh, no, I, uh, gotta be in hell at nine. Gotta open up. <laughs> At this point, you're all drinking some kind of thick blue liqueur usually used to clean combs. Say, what kind of wine is Barbasol? One of your friends stands up and screams, We're driving to Florida! A waitress with fresh stitches in her head comes over, and you're thinking, Someday I'm going to marry that girl. But here's the key about level five. You crawl outside for air, and you hit the worst part of level five. The sun. Oh, man, that sun. You weren't expecting that, were you? You never do. You walk out of a bar in daylight, and people are on their way to work or jogging, and they look at you, and they know. And they say, who's Ruby? 
Look, folks, let's be honest. If you're 19 and you stay up all night, it's a victory. It's like you beat the night. It's like you've done something special. But if you're over 30 or 50 or 80, man, that sun is like God's flashlight. And we all say the same prayer then. Say it with me now. I swear I will never do this again. How long? As long as I live. And some of us have that little addition. And this time, I mean it. Now, anyway, that's the five levels of drinking. And I have a lot of other chunks I put on it now and afterwards and about different times in life and aging. But that's the, that's the nugget of the bit. And by the way, for whatever it's worth, that was not easy to perform right here because it's the first time I've ever done it not live. And it's very different. I mean, I'm just saying, for those of you interested in the craft of performing, and even anyone in an audience is interested in this too, saying of just, wait a minute, how was that to perform? It was a little weird because there's just the inside of the studio here. And suddenly without performing it live, I thought, well, what comes next? Are there nine levels? What's level two? So anyway, I hope you like that and and you're welcome to it. This has been another another terrific time for me here. We're awfully glad we're doing this. I say that every time, but it's true every time. So on behalf of Chris Loxamana and Jeff Fox and me, I'm glad you're listening. And remember, that's right, if you walked out of bed today and you had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there cared about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. So be well until next time, and thanks. Thanks.